Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sex Talk with Tracy Cox and me, Kelsey. Hope everybody is doing well over here in the States. We are getting ready for a long weekend of Thanksgiving. So I'm heading to Palm Springs for 24 hours to, I don't know, watch baseball tournaments and sit by a pool, hopefully. That's great. Sit by a pool. Is it still hot there? Actually, yesterday it was like 85 degrees in California, but it's oh, November. Cool. Our summers are messed up. I think it's global warming. Mm. Whenever it's winter, it's hot. And when it's summer, it's cold. Confusing. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So you get two Christmases really when you have Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving is even a bigger holiday here in the States because you have basically the whole week. So everyone starts leaving today, which is Wednesday, and then you don't come back until next Monday. Oh my God. Okay. So we'll see. The pilgrims. I don't Christmas. I know. And there's no presents, which I love because presents get me exhausted. Yeah, me too. I would be very happy to not have any presents to buy or receive. Same. I'm actually, I actually try to ask my kids for that. Like, I, I just think it's too much. And be with Amazon and everything, you just order everything. You keep ordering, ordering. You don't even know what you get anymore. Mm, yep. Yeah. So. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's transition right into sex. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> you can buy my products on Amazon, by the way, if that's you want right. to. Be better to do it on the website, though. Love, honey. Much better to do it on there. Yeah, get, that's what that's what I need. As, but you already mm. sent me a bag. Exactly. Okay, so let's start. These are actually great questions today. And I had somebody, a girlfriend of mine that I, I know, but I don't know very well. You know, but we talk. She's a friend of my my friend's sister, and she wrote, "Thank you so much for explaining the difference between anal sex and anal play." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm here to serve." You know, this is where I'm at in my life. And I was like, I love it. Good. Okay, here we go. First question. How do you have a cervical orgasm? I've heard Kelsey talk about it and I'm intrigued. How do you do it? It sounds quite full on and intense and I want to have one. Well, who wrote in that question, I wonder? It was me. I wrote it in. (laughs) I can't believe you've never had one. I have never had one. Probably, well, without getting too technical, probably because I don't know whether I've got a very big vaginal canal. Okay. I think I'm quite small. So I don't know. I don't know. I think it's always a bit like, ow, ow. No, Sex is it should be a bit like that. But I want to 
know. So how did you discover it? I've, I've done all the research into what, what the biological, the, you know, how many people have them. So we can talk about that afterward. But how did you discover it? So this is something I have talked about at length at dinner parties because I didn't even know about it. So a couple of years ago, I started dating a guy who had taken some class about sex. And basically he had said that, you know, he thought he was like a B plus in bed, but he really wanted to be like an A plus. He was going through a divorce. And at some point he just wanted to become like more knowledgeable in bed and not just do the same things that they'd always done. So he took this class and in doing that, she talks a lot about cervical orgasms. And so honestly, Mm -hmm. what it is, or at least my experience of it is I was always, you know, when I was married, it was always just the typical clitoris orgasm Mm -hmm. or you have a vibrator. But what this is, is much more, you are in a lot more control of it as the woman. So essentially how I explain it is they use their whole hand almost, or like maybe two or three fingers and they insert it in and they're, they're kind of cupping your vagina. So you are basically, their hand is inside you and there's pressure on the top of your vagina, kind of on the front of it. And then they are as far in as they can be. And they're putting pressure inside on your cervix, kind of up almost towards your stomach. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And then you are essentially thrusting against that hand mm. and there's a ton of pressure. So imagine he's really holding on to your vagina and you're really kind of rocking against it. And it's a long wave. It's a, it's a slow buildup and you are in control of it. So you are, he's holding it with, mm. I, I, when I explain it to my girlfriends, it's like a hook, his whole hands mm. inside or not whole hand, but however, and he's got pressure on the top of your vagina on the outside, like on the bone. And you are essentially thrusting your knees are bent and you're thrusting up into that hand. And Mm. as you wait and go, it starts to climax. And then you have an orgasm, but it's not that one that you get normally where it's like high and then it's done. Mm. feels like a wave and you can do it again, like 10 minutes later or five minutes later. There's no recovery. There's no sensitivity because it's a full body experience as opposed to this one little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And today I have officially become a sex therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's fantastic because I have never had one. I don't know why I've never had one, but they're quite, no one talks about them. Yeah. They really, I mean, I had to, I found out some brilliant research though. I mean, they're really not as common at all as clitoral, front vaginal wall, no, you know, people do it. Like I found a study in 1985 that was talking about um, cervical orgasms. And then there was another one a little bit later on early, well, actually just be about, yeah, 2000, 132 women, 46% said that cervical stimulation contributed to their orgasm. But how about this? This is fascinating. Now, one of the things they do with research with with sex now is they take MRI images of the brain Mm. And different areas of the brain light up. And that was where they found out that men's brain on orgasm completely lights up and women's brains shut down. It's it's so fascinating, all of that stuff. So a clitoral orgasm will light up a certain section of the brain and the cervical stimulation lights up a completely different area. So that whole thing about it's got to be the, the clitoris as well. It's slightly stimulated, but not very much. And this these nerve endings that you're stimulating are deep in the pelvic region. Yes. So that's why it feels like a full body orgasm, because it's the deep pelvic nerve endings that you're stimulating. That's yes. why it feels so intense. And I will say when I, when, when 
I was having one of those or when we did that, which was often throughout the time we were having sex, like it would be, we could have sex for a long time, like two or three hours. And Mm. because you never feel that, that come down that you do from a a clitoris um, Mm. orgasm. It's not that like, don't touch me. It's actually like, you need like a a small break. And what's the best if the man goes like, let's keep going. And you kind of at first are like, I don't want it. But then you do because you don't have that you don't have that sensitivity. There's nothing sensitive about it afterwards. The other thing is it rolls like it's like a wave and you're in control. The woman is in control as opposed to everything else that we do in bed when they're giving us orgasms where we're hoping their pressure is right. We're hoping that their mm. timing is mm. right. We're hoping that they stay in the right spot. This mm. is not this. You, He's just holding on and mm. you are basically riding that hand for however you want it to feel. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, and the more pressure you put the closer you get. And then it's over, but you're like, I could do it again. The other thing I realized during this is, and you know, it, I felt like I almost was on drugs. Like it felt like I was like out of body. It feels like much less you're, you're kind of in your own world. And I remember, you know, a couple of times him being like, you are like gone, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Almost like you're just out in outer space because you are, it's a different, it, it's a different experience in your head. It's bigger. It's like, it's mm. wider. It changed my life. I mean, I'm not lying. It changed my life. I think it sounds amazing. Can I just say a few things before everybody rushes out, <laughs> stops the podcast and rushes out to try this? Sure. Is that it's a bit of a Marmite orgasm. Do you know what a Marmite orgasm is? You love it or you absolutely hate it. And the reason why is because every, I didn't know this, but every vagina has a unique tilt and every cervix has a unique tilt. So you've got to, depending on how your vagina and cervix tilt, it will either feel mind-blowingly fantastic or really uncomfortable and painful. Interesting. And this is this is probably why I haven't ever gone there is because I have whatever is going on with my cervix is it's very if it's hit during intercourse it's like ow I'm just mm. I'm I'm shot through the roof. So I don't think for me it would probably be a good experience. I mean, I'll give it a try, but I, I think, and it was very much, it depends on how your unique makeup of your vaginal, you know, um, anatomy is. Yeah. So if anyone wants to try it, just first of all, you've got to be fully aroused. That was certainly something that I kept reading over and over again. And just to find the cervix, it feels like, if you imagine the tip of your nose, it's like a, a soft bulbous thing with a sort of firm centre and yeah. there's no opening. You can't penetrate the cervix because it's just a little thing that you're stimulating. It's almost like the front wall of the vagina, what you imagine the G-spot yeah. to be like. So it's not, you can't put your finger in it or anything. So it's just a little section that you're, that exactly what you're describing, at, right at the end of the vagina. Some women find tr- have trouble reaching it because when you get aroused, your vagina elongates and pushes the cervix out of the way because for lots of people, you don't want to be hit on the cervix. So can you can need a toy or a very long penis to hit it. Or, but yeah, hands. How to do yourself? Could you do it yourself? No, it, you couldn't and you wouldn't want to i don't think there's something about the rocking motion the, the only thing that from my experience i don't remember it being so much about hitting the cervix i rem- i felt like mine was more and so just so i can give you the visual you're on mm. the woman's on her back knees mm. up legs open the man is laying next to you like on the side of you maybe one mm. arm is behind your shoulders and then he is between your legs with one hand and so then you are you are actually thrusting upward into his hand so what mm. for me the real what it felt like more orgasm came from was from almost the this this 
outside of my vagina, the the whole thing, like the pressure on it. It wasn't so much up inside of me, although he was hitting that. It felt like it was under my control at the front of my vagina. I wonder whether a lot of that was front wall stimulation, probably a little bit of both. You're probably doing the cervix and the front wall at the same time. The front wall is what I, if I can visualize what felt great Mm. for me, that was it. I don't remember something internally until you would have an orgasm that kind of felt Mm. like a big wave that went all over. What is I amazing? It's a combination. I think you're having a combination. Yeah, orgasm, and you can do front it wall and and cervical. Yeah, we could do it like three or four times in a night, and yeah, well, and that would I, be true. The clitoris is the disappointing orgasm because once like, you have it once, you're really. It you know, is I love clitoral orgasms, but you're over the minute it's over. It's like right off we go. Have a cup of coffee, or <laughs> yeah, and they're very intense. You feel exhausted after a clitoris. You know, like it just feels clitoris, Clit- clitoris, clitoral, clitoral, whatever orgasm. it is. Whatever that thing is. Yeah, but I mean, I, I was right when I when I first started doing this, I came out of the gates hot at dinner parties. And I'd be like, ladies, pay attention over here. And did any of them do it? Did any of them try it? I think some of them did. I mean, you really do need a man that knows what he's doing. But I think you can teach him. You just need to. There's some, you can look it up. There's some people on Instagram that really uh, talk about this a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it changed it changed my entire way of enjoying sex. Because I never loved that kind of quick in and out zzz, that was never my thing. I really, because I really want a connection. I want music. I want obviously dark. I want, dark, I want a, I don't want a quickie. I don't want a quickie. Mm. I never did. It doesn't, it doesn't fulfill me. So this felt like the right thing for me to kind of mm. sit around for a while and really go slow and enjoy. So try it. If you have any other questions about it, obviously. I'm your girl. <laughs> <laughs> and just a few other little, um, just make sure you're fully aroused. And some women do report they get cramping if yeah. there's too much, if, if somebody goes too quickly and too much into it. And it's very, it's very, it can be easily bruised the cervix. So if you are aiming more for the cervix rather than front wall, yeah, just be a bit careful. And also it, because it's so deep and women aren't probably, a lot of women aren't used to it. I do think you should ask permission before you sort of, dive straight in there. Did the guy do that with you? Did he say, can I try this thing? Or oh, did he, he was try? very like, this is what we're going to do. Right, he was okay. very good at educating and taking our time. And I, honestly, the more you talk about this, I think mine was more front wall because if I can think where the pressure was for me, I don't ever remember feeling like his whole hand was inside mm. of me. I mean, I do remember, but he was almost hooking on my pubic bone with his mm. hand. Yeah, no, I get it completely what you mean. I think it's a little bit of both. I yeah. think you're doing both, but more front wall. Yeah. I'm a front yeah. wall girl. She's a front wall girl, not a cervical girl, a front that wall makes girl. Me, makes me want to meet someone on a date. <laughs> it makes me want to go and meet Can't someone. Can't wait to meet Actually, someone. I do have someone. God, not here at the moment. Miles, good luck, buddy. You've got a, yeah. you've got a job to do. Okay. Get those fingers elongated. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, <laughs> next question. I'm a 36-year-old straight woman and feel like I'm a boring lover. How can I be wilder in bed? I've done all the usual things, oral sex, different intercourse positions, hand jobs, BJs, but nothing beyond that. I don't even know what else there is to do. I'm so vanilla. Can you give me some ideas on what to try and how to get over the embarrassment I feel when trying out new things? Yes, we can. We can. It starts with dark. Just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, the, if you want a list of things to do, just type in to a Google search sex bucket list. That will give you a list of things to do. But I think that being a wild, adventurous, exploratory lover is all about attitude. So my my points are more about if you approach sex a certain way, you will be seen as wild and and you will become wilder and more uninhibited, which is what you're aiming for. So the first thing I think is be in the moment. Everybody has a tendency to close their eyes and drift off and fantasize, which is great for some things. But if if you keep your eyes open, if you watch what they're doing to you, look at their body, just watch everything. You are seen as a very confident lover because lots of people don't do this, right? It just instantly elevates you. Not being body conscious is a great thing. That's the biggest gift you can give anyone. I think dress the part. I think being naked is very boring. I think you should leave something on. And, you know, there's so many things you could do. You could try the sexy white singlet. You could try blatant, obvious sexual, you know, stuff like red underwear, yuck, things like that. Yuck, yuck. You could do virginal looks. You could do, but just don't go to bed completely naked. I think that's that's something that um, we need to look at. And the most thing, the, the biggest thing you could do during sex to shock people is to talk. Most people don't talk during sex. So if you're with someone new, even saying, wow, that's like, oh, God's probably not going to do much. But if you say, wow, you're amazing, people are like, oh, people, so very few people talk during sex. If you say something like, I want you to lick me, that's even better. People are like, wow, that is amazing. Seriously, the simplest thing. I know, I I didn't talk, I didn't talk much. At some point, he was like, you can talk. He's like, you can say some things. And I was like, I'm in another world. I don't have time to talk. <laughs> yeah, you're not even here. I'm, um, I'm I always think solar that... system. <laughs> I reckon everyone's left the podcast anyway. They're out practicing the orgasm. I also think that I love power games. And I think they work really well. And power games are things like pretending you're sex slaves or tying people up and things like that. And everybody tying people up, like doing a little bit of bondage, is the most successful thing that you can do. It's the one thing that when most people try it, most people like it. It's the one, you know, fantasy that does seem to go through. And when it doesn't work, is if you've gone, it's the whole point of power play is to reverse it. Mm. So if you're bossy bitch and your partner's quite submissive, you tying him up is not going to be any fun at all because you're just doing what you're doing out of bed. So you have to reverse whatever's happening in real life. I think if you have no shame, it really gets people really aroused. Like take his hand, put it on your breast, put it between your legs. You know, like openly showing that you want someone I think is super, super sexy. Taking sex out of the bedroom instantly gives you points, you know, Sex on the washing machine, sex on the kitchen bench, you know, set bench, sex on the dining room table. And I think that if you give somebody massive compliments at the end of a sex session, seriously, if you had like pretty so-so sex and then you both finish and then you say to the guy or girl, whoever you're sleeping with, that was 
absolutely amazing. Then they think, God, that was absolutely amazing. We just had the best sex ever. It's like, as we talked about, if you go on a date and you end up talking, you come back, you know, talking the whole time, you come back and you think, that guy's amazing. And it's, he's not. He just, you talk the whole night. So it's the same sort of scenario. So that would be the things that I would focus on rather than, oh, let's tick off this list of having sex in a public place and, you know, all that sort of stuff. What do you think? No, every, I mean, you're you're right on. I would have said, I would not have said any of that stuff that you said, and it's all right. Yeah, I do think it's a mindset, and I think it's a it's a willingness to try new things with bravery. I think everything in life is about courage, mm. even in bed. Like being like, can I get over whatever I'm thinking and feeling and worried about, and can I just go for it? Oh, the embarrassment bit. Yeah. And- yeah. And also it's practice. Like if you if you said to most people, right, you have to give a speech in front of a thousand people tomorrow, they'd shit themselves. <laughs> they would. But if you did it every single day for a month, you wouldn't you wouldn't have any qualms at all. So just do it. Take us just do it. And the more times you practice being wild, the wilder you'll be. Yeah. And I think too, like for most of my life, I thought I wasn't into sex and that was kind of my mantra. And that's what I told everybody. And I was like, I'm not that into sex. My husband was whatever. And the Mm. truth is you can change your identity at any minute. I've definitely changed mine in the bedroom and I never would have thought I would be doing what I'm doing or wanting what I want. And it was just a change. I mean, I had, you know, sometimes big events cause those changes, but you can do it just deciding today. I'm Mm. no longer going to walk around the world saying I don't like sex yeah. and I'm bored by it. And you just go like, act as if, right? That's what they say in AI. Yep. Like act so right. before you are. I absolutely, totally agree with that. I really, really do. And I think also she should think about who are you going to be wild with? Because some, some Kelsey and I, I think we both said we're probably more likely to have wild sex with a stranger sure. than we would. But other people say, oh, I, I want to have the wild sex once I'm with somebody that I trust. So which which scenario do you want to go down? Do you want to do it with a stranger or do you want to trust it? And also, I, I say this all the time, which seems to me like really obvious advice, but then people don't seem to do it, which is take baby steps. Like, right. if you want to do a tie-up thing, you don't just suddenly walk, having done nothing like that, you don't just walk in with whips and bloody chains or something. You, you give a little bit of a hint that this might be something you like. You might put, you know, grab your put your partner's arms up above their head and sort of hold them there or ask them to do it to you and give some kind of hint. Like if you want to strip for your partner, just stand there before you take all your clothes off and catch their eye and then do it slowly and deliberately with eye contact. See how that goes. Like try something little before launching in because that's when it all goes horribly wrong. If you suddenly are quite vanilla, as she says, and then you turn up, you know, with this, I don't know, role play costume of a French maid, they are going to laugh. Yes, yeah. they're going to laugh. And if something happens and they do laugh, just laugh with them. That's how you get out of that yeah. one. And it's too, it, you want to go baby steps because if not, it's too much of a stretch. You're like, whoa, girl. Yeah. Last I know. I don't even know. I don't even know who you are. So, all right. Okay. Exactly. Last question. I enjoy sex with my girlfriend, but I don't like to lie and cuddle afterwards. It's not that I don't love her. I just feel irritable and anxious after I've had an orgasm. I'm not sure why. I've asked my male friends and it doesn't happen to them. Do you ever get like that? I don't, but I know some guys that when they're done, they're done. Like there's, mm. they need a minute afterwards. That's kind of how I feel about clitoral orgasms. Like there, you need a minute after you have one of those because it's such a big rush. And that's why I don't love them as much until the very end. Like I want that to be the very, very, very end of mm. our session. Because if you do that too soon, it's over, especially for a guy. Especially if you do shortcuts, like 
I mean, in my relationship, we both know each other's shortcuts. We could have, we could bring each other to orgasm within about two minutes. Right. And then it's all over. But this is, you think this is a male thing. I thought it might be a bit of a male thing, but it turns out that it's not. I mean, the one thing that does um, differ between the sexes is that men definitely release sleep hormone after orgasm and women don't. Probably to do with that, you know, the old simplistic thing that, you know, men are there to repopulate. No, that doesn't even make sense, does it? They should be getting up out of bed and running off to repopulate. It's just typical that a man would need a nap. (laughs) But there is a a name for this. It's called postcoital can never say coital, dysphoria, which means feeling sad, anxious or irritated in moments, the moments after an orgasm. But it, that's what it used to be called. And then there was a big study done in 2022. Why would they spend all the money? There's so many areas of sex research that need doing and they, they put all their money into this. Anyway, big study, 2022, where they changed the name to postcoital symptoms to normalise it because it turns out to be so common. In this study, 223 women, 76 men, 95% of the people said they experienced feelings including mood swings, low energy, disconnection, and even more interesting, 47% said it happened after masturbation as well. So it wasn't even just partnered sex. It's never happened to me. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I mean, I, it makes sense to me. I don't think I feel that way, but I do. There is a. It's almost like when you've done drugs or you do, do MDMA mm. or some big night, and then you come mm. off of it, and there's a drop. Yeah, the come down. Yeah, the come down. Yeah, I think be, is, is very similar to because I do think if you have a great orgasm and you have all those endorphins fly out and it's this moment that's just ecstasy, you do have a a bit afterwards where your chemicals are off, and so you're like, but, but they hang around for a little bit. They don't just. They do, but I do. I do think a lot of people don't want to be touched right after because they. Mm. Oh, genitally, they don't know. Yeah, no. maybe just in general. Maybe you're just kind of all. I don't think it's weird that he's that way. I think it's something to work on. Mm. And also, I think some people withdraw from sex because if you're there, and also is an indication of a relationship because if you're there just for the sex, you're not going to hang around for the cuddle because it sends the wrong message. Right. And I wonder with this guy, he says, "I love my girlfriend," so it's not that. But I wonder about how his intimacy is the rest of the time because it could be an attachment style thing true so it could be that in fact he's thinking he's being intimate with his girlfriend but sex that moment after sex is is an extremely intimate moment so if he's avoiding it it could be that he's got intimacy issues generally but if he's no if he's fine apart from that then it's just hormone based and as kelsey said it's a big come down after a big rush of of you know emotion and, and hormones hormone overload yeah. So I think if he just says, says to her, look, it turns out this is a bit of a thing. I'm not abnormal. Does it bother you? Mm-hmm. And if it does, then you have to come up with some kind of compromise. I mean, maybe maybe you just take a walk for a couple of minutes and maybe just getting up and going to the loo might get rid of it. Maybe yeah. you can grit your teeth and just give her a cuddle for a few minutes anyway. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, actually, because no one talks about this very much. But clearly more, po- more um, not popular, <laughs> more common than I expected. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people just need a minute afterwards and just tell her that. And then I would just cuddle on the front end, fill her tank up on the beginning. And then when it's over, everybody kind of goes to the bathroom, gets changed, and you guys can go have breakfast. But I think as long as she knows it doesn't have anything to do with her, or yeah, sex. Yeah. It just has to do with, it's a come down for me. And I I need a second. I'm overtouched. I'm overstimulated. And all the endorphins kind of dropped out. So when you want to do more or cuddle more, it makes them be like, I don't know. Cuddle, mm. cuddle on the front end. Do you cuddle afterwards? I don't know whether I do. Sometimes no, I, I do. Normally we like get up and go. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> I have nothing. I got, we've, I've seen enough of you and done enough <laughs> of you. Let's move on to our real, our regular programming of our regular life. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, afterwards, I don't need to like relive it. I'm like, no, I think dressed. in the beginning you do, don't you? In the beginning you sort of sit there yeah. and yes, I'm amazing and you're amazing. And but I think blah, blah, if it blah. was a great sex experience, you're like, that shit was awesome. Let's roll mm. on into the day. Like you're like, you got energy. You're like, let's do it. You got to glow. Mm. Mm. You're like, we don't got time to cuddle. We got to take the world down. We just had a cervical <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> yes, we're all for front end, whichever one. Sounds like a car, doesn't it? Cervical exactly. front end. Yeah, we're all going to go home and practice and report back, please. So yes. please, everybody who's tried this, come in and, and write in. So yeah, you said you described it really well, though. Good. Good description. Glad I don't have to do a video tutorial. <laughs> yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay. Oh, dear God. Thank you, guys. If you're in the States, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Everywhere else, have a wonderful week, and we will see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextoppod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.